Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. I assure you, Gavin, the deep state is not showing up at a car lot in Queens because two low-rated podcasters are truth-telling. Ass. The following podcast contains... Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you left the rich pedo with nothing left to live for and a shitload of powerful people who wanted him dead unattended while you napped, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, August 16th, 2019, signed Epstein's Mom edition of the show, where we suss out the real conspiracy behind the suicide of Jeffrey Epstein. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Fast Eddie's for-profit prisons. Are you a carceral state with too many inmates and not enough prisons? Are you looking for a private option to deal with your public trust? Do you lack a problem with warehousing human beings with few legal rights in a substandard facility where they can be conveniently ignored? Then you will want Fast Eddie's for-profit prisons. Our state-of-the-art, best-in-class jails are cheap, effective, reasonably legal remedies for your mass incarceration situation. At Fast Eddie's for-profit prisons, we will extract every single penny from your prison population, their families, force them to work in our prison sweatshops making cheap consumer goods and pay them a slave wage to do so, passing the savings on to you. All thanks to a convenient loophole in the 13th Amendment. At Fast Eddie's for-profit prisons, you empty your prisons and we empty their wallets. Tell you what I'm gonna do. You lay a little of your bread on me, and I'll invest it for you in my phony note business. It's my big season coming up, midterms. And if I could offer a note with your signature, Gonzo, we go true to ceiling. I can see it, we can go national. Epstein's note business. When you care enough to forge the very best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like it, I like it, I like it. I was so lucky as a kid because during my genuine kid years, which took place during the 70s and early 80s, I could roam freely the streets of small town America safely without fears of pedo predators trolling around in their unmarked vans, luring us into their foul clutches with offers of free candy or, I don't know, to see their little friend they kept inside. Still so small and helpless. Back in those days, we didn't have stranger danger, and all of our molesters were family members as God intended. I mean, every family had their pedo, and for some reason, it was always an uncle by marriage. You know, your mama's like, where them kids at? (laughs) They were Johnny, get them kids! Get them kids! Hurry up, get them kids! Don't you leave them with your uncle Johnny! Don't you leave them with your uncle Johnny! Now, my molester uncle, whom I'll call Uncle Dick, which isn't exactly his real name, but it's a derivative of his real name, a a diminutive, a commonly used appellation for people with a certain full name, if you will. Uncle Dick 
was a jolly fat man who always kept fat candy in his pockets and liked to have us kids reach in his pockets to grab some. And when you grabbed onto what you thought was a pack of Rolos, Uncle Dix would get a huge grin on his face. Ladies and gentlemen, Rolo Candy presents the Chewy Rolos. There are lots of Chewy Rolos in the row for you. If you're choosy about what you chew, real milk, chocolate, and caramel too. Not that I ever got to feel Uncle Dick's Rolos, because Uncle Dick wasn't some pervert sicko, no! I mean, I ain't homophobic, but you know, gay men give me the heebie-jeebies. No, Uncle Dick liked girls, particularly girls between the age of, say, I don't know, 10 and 13. He liked to have them sit on his lap or accompany him to the store to get more candy, and they would always be gone a suspiciously long time. And us boys were supremely jealous that we were never included in these trips to the store, only to discover later in life that we were saved enormous therapy bills. Not that such things were ever discussed when they were going on. Things like that didn't happen in good families like ours. Nor are they even discussed today. Indeed, the entire family would explode if they ever heard this podcast, which they won't, so I can safely talk about it. They would, they would scream and jump up and down and then point out a Again and again, it wasn't like he was sick or something. He just liked his girls a little too young. In that way, he was not unlike a certain former pedophile billionaire who's been in the news quite a bit recently. First, his long list of famous, rich, and powerful friends. Then, for his playboyish shenanigans with girls legally not allowed to consent to sex that got him into trouble back in the mid-aughts. And then, for his incredibly lenient plea deal sentence for his naughtiness with all those young girls, thanks to his long list of powerful friends. And then, he was recently arrested for another set of aforementioned transgressions with young girls. And controversial R&B superstar R. Kelly. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that's a different pedo that we're talking about. I am, of course, talking about the millionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, who committed suicide in a Manhattan jail last weekend. If uh, you decided you were going to write a movie about conspiracy theories involving rich and powerful pedophiles with ties to the highest reach of finance, society, Hollywood, and the government, you'd reject Jeffrey Epstein's actual life as being, well, I don't know. A little on the nose, don't you think? This motherfucker, well, if you were actually fucking mothers, he wouldn't be dead right now. This asshole is straight out of central casting for exactly the kind of scumbag human being that makes conspiracy nuts cream their jeans. So, Natch, I'm going to talk about the, all the nutty ideas surrounding him and now his death. Born in January 1953 in Coney Island, Brooklyn, Jeffrey Edward Epstein to Seymour and Pauline Epstein. Seymour was a groundkeeper for the New York City Parks Department and Pauline was a homemaker and nurse's aide. Young Jeffrey was undeniably brilliant. A gifted musician, he studied under prestigious music programs and graduated high school at the age of 16. He attended Cooper Union and then studied math at NYU before dropping out in 1974. Before receiving his degree. But then... It got really weird. Okay, hang on, because a lot of shit happened in just a few years, and not one goddamn bit of it makes any sense, and no one, I mean no one, can explain any of it, particularly since the only one who could is now dead. Epstein went from dropping out of NYU without even an undergrad degree to teaching math and physics at an exclusive Upper East Side private prep school, the Dalton School, the same year he dropped out of NYU. He taught there until he was dismissed in 1976. His time at Dalton 
didn't seem remarkable. A HuffPo article about his tenure can best be summarized as, ah, it was the 70s. He wore groovy clothes, liked the young girls a little too much, and didn't take shit all that seriously. Why he left the Dalton school and Dalton isn't talking and, well, now, neither is Epstein. That is suspicious. We do know that Epstein leveraged the job into tutoring for the daughter of a disgraced and defunct banking house Bear Stearns CEO, Alan Greenberg, and somehow from that to working at Bear Stearns in 1976 as a junior floor trader. Somehow, this college dropout with no financial experience worked his way up through the ranks of one of those preeminent investment banks of the time to a limited partner advising the firm's top clients managing multi-million dollars accounts in less than four years. How the hell did that happen? No one who knows is talking, but it gets stranger from there because by 1981, the golden boy who skyrocketed up the ranks was asked to leave Bear Stearns for undisclosed policy violations, which I mean, this was Wall Street in the 80s. You could plunder, loot, and pillage all you wanted so long as the top execs got their fair share and the top execs of Bear Bear Stearns remained Epstein's clients for decades after he left Bear Stearns. I am so, so confused right now. Oh, you think you're confused? Now get a load of this shit. From his Wikipedia page, quote, you know, this next bit, I'm going to be quoting a lot in this episode because I wanted to get it right. And it's really strange. Quote, in August 1981, Epstein founded his own consulting firm, Intercontinental Assets Groups Incorporated, which assisted clients in recovering stolen money from fraudulent brokers and lawyers. Epstein described his work at the time as being a high-level bounty hunter. He told friends that he worked sometimes for, as a consultant for governments and the very wealthy to recover embezzled funds, while at other times he worked for clients who had embezzled funds. Epstein also stated to some people at the time that he was an intelligence agent. Whether the statement was truthful or in jest or just plain false is not clear. Okay, you are totally making this up. You think so, but wait, motherfuckers, just wait. Quote, during this period, one of Epstein's clients was the Saudi Arabian businessman Adnan Khashoggi, who was the middleman in transferring American weapons from Israel to Iran as part of the Iran-Contra affair in the 1980s. Khashoggi was one of several defense contractors that he knew. I know, but wait, there's more. Quote, in 1993, Tower Financial Corporation imploded as one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in American history, which lost its investors over $450 million, 1980s dollars. In court documents, Hoffenberg claimed that Epstein was intimately involved in the scheme. Epstein left the company by 1989 before it collapsed and was never charged for being involved with massive investor fraud committed. It is unknown if Epstein acquired any of the stolen funds funds from the Tower Ponzi scheme, unquote. All of this shit happened, and honestly, I haven't even gotten to the really fucked up things. Going back to his Wikipedia page, in 1988, while Epstein was still consulting for Tower and Hoffenberg, he founded his own financial management firm, J. Epstein and Company. The company was said by Epstein to have been formed to manage the assets of clients with more than $1 billion in net worth. The only publicly known billionaire client of Epstein was Leslie Wexner, chairman and CEO of L Brands, formerly the Limited and Victoria's Secret. In 1986, 
Epstein met Wexner through their mutual acquaintances. A year later, Epstein became Wexner's, Wexner's financial advisor and served as his right-hand man. Within the year, Epstein had sorted out Wexner's entangled finances. In July of 1991, Wexner granted Epstein full power of attorney over his, over his affairs. The power of attorney allowed Epstein to hire people, sign checks, buy and sell properties, borrow money, and do anything else of legally binding nature on Wexner's behalf. No, none of this makes any sense. In the span of a decade, he went from college dropout to Wall Street tycoon to at least being somehow associated with international arms smugglers to somehow being the mastermind of a billionaire's fortune with total control of his money. Again, if you tried to pull this off in a movie, they would laugh you out of the producer's office. But this is all true and it is all verified. And again, I haven't even gotten to the really fucked up shit. Let's talk about the people connected with Jeff Epstein. A who's who of media, science, finance, high society, and politics. Now, mind you, every name I am about to list now vehemently insists that they barely knew Jeff Epstein. And I'm like, hey, I never even heard of the guy. And any insinuations to the contrary will get your ass sued into oblivion. So, you know, I'm not saying these folks were all on board the Pedo Palace Fuckfest or diddled around on the Lido Express, which was the unofficial term for just private planes. But they certainly, and they certainly don't know anything about Pedophile Island, no matter how many times they were there. So, uh... Let's go down the list, shall we? I think you're going to recognize some names on here, starting with Bill Clinton, who flew on the Lolita Express multiple times and had Epstein to the White House. Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein shared a mutual delight in young girls for years in their Palm Beach soirees, though the two had a falling out in the late 90s, allegedly over a real estate deal. Trump now claims to barely know the guy, despite video evidence to the contrary. Alan Dershowitz, Harvard professor and celebrity lawyer and Epstein's lawyer himself, go way back. Indeed, Dersh was named in a lawsuit for having sex with underage girls at with Epstein. But again... Again, this is all speculation and hearsay. And this is from the New York Magazine article I called this list from and the source all these quoted materials. We have Ghislaine Maxwell, the daughter of British publishing tycoon and Epstein's one-time girlfriend. Maxwell has been accused of serving as his madam, recruiting teenage girls who would be groomed into sex slavery. She has denied the allegations, unquote. Prince Andrew, the Duke of of York. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we brought in the royal family. He is also named in the various pedo funds, including in a lawsuit claiming that he had sex with a girl when she was 14. Trump advisor and rich fucker Tom Barack, he's right in there. Media mogul Mort Zuckerman, owner of the New York Daily News, Woody Allen. Of course he's around. Why wouldn't he be around? Former Harvard professor and Clinton Treasury Secretary Larry Summers was connected with Epstein, mostly through fundraising purses for the universities. Oh, and this one is just fucking special. Remember how I told you about the Dalton School? Again, from the New York Magazine article, quote, Attorney General William Barr's father, Attorney General William Barr's father, managed to get him a job teaching at Manhattan's prestigious Dalton School in the 1970s. Barr once, this is now again the Attorney General William Barr, the current Barr, once also served as counsel at Kirkland and Ellis, the law firm that represented Epstein for his obscenely lenient 2008 plea deal. This is just crazy. This is nuts. 
Hey, how about the former independent counsel who investigated President Clinton, Ken Starr, who served on Epstein's all-star legal team in 2008, helping to strike the plea deal that landed Epstein in jail for only 13 months with work release for six days a week. Quote, Lawrence Krauss, a theoretical physicist who retired from Arizona State University in 2018 after multiple sexual misconduct allegations. Stephen Hawking was pictured at attending a barbecue at Epstein's little great St. James Island after flying into St. Thomas for an Epstein-funded conference on confronting gravity that was also attended by Lawrence Krauss. Harvard psychology professor Stephen Pinker hitched a ride on the Lolita Express in 2002. Pinker was also pictured at a dinner in which Epstein was in attendance in 2014 to Along with Lawrence Krauss, artificial intelligence Roger Shank visited Epstein in jail in 2008 when he was a professor at Northwestern University and the chief learning officer at Trump University, where he was reportedly in charge of overseeing the design and rollout of the e-learning curriculum. And, of course, those story would be complete without Harvey Weinstein. And the hits just keep on coming. More distantly connected, but still well-known to Jeff, names like Alec Baldwin, Ralph Fiennes, Ted Kennedy, David Koch, Courtney Love, the former New Mexico governors Bill Richardson and Bruce King, who were both accused in a new lawsuit of having sex with underage girls, Katie Couric, who has not been accused in a lawsuit, and I don't want to, I like Katie, I don't think she was sure, George Stephanopoulos, Chelsea Handler, Google co-founder Sergey Brin, magician David Blaine, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, Kevin Spacey, Chris Tucker, and this ain't even getting into all the scientists he knows, but most importantly, the former Trump labor secretary Acosta was the guy who gave this fucking pervert the fucking cushy ass plea deal that allowed him to not go to jail that I'm going to discuss in just a few moments. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Epstein donated a lot of money to scientific research. Wait, that's a good thing, right? Well, yes and no. You see, Jeff fancied himself a thinker, a philosopher of science, as it were. Oh, a bullshit artist. And because science is expensive, he learned the men of letters were happy to flatter his pretensions. Quote, Jeffrey has the mind of a physicist, Harvard mathematician and biologist Martin Nowak told New York Magazine in 2002. It's like talking to a colleague in your field, unquote. Like the politicians and celebrities, many of the scientists deny or downplay their associations with Epstein now. No wake aside, the context for what most of the scientists who've commented on their association with the Playboy pedo can best be summed up in congenial disdain. They wanted his money, so they smiled and nodded in the right places and considered him a not unintelligent man, but one with strange ideas. Like, you know having a bevy of about 20 young women on his New Mexico ranch, all of whom he would inseminate with his super sperm so that he could seed his DNA into the human race. Then, when he died, he would have his head and dick cryogenically preserved, presumably to be reanimated and attached in the future, where laws about fucking children would presumably be far more relaxed. Oh, and speaking of child rape, let's get into the myriad crimes of Jeffrey Epstein, going all the way back to the Dalton School. Epstein had a reputation for liking his girls on the younger side. Even noted creeper Donald J. Trump set up with his buddy and Jeffrey Epstein in the 90s before his arrest and their falling out, which predated his arrest, but probably not by much. 
quote, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. No doubt about it. Jeffrey enjoys his social life, unquote. Rumors swirled around him in the 90s, but you have to understand that before the internet, there was a limited reach to the kind of rumors that would bring down someone like Epstein today. Plus, you know, it was the 90s and everybody was doing it. I mean, not everybody. I wasn't doing it in the 90s, but, you know, a lot of rich dudes were doing it. That is sick, sociopathic shit. But as Donald Trump would like to say, nothing stays gold forever, pony boy. I don't think he said that. Going back to the Wikipedia page, quote, in March of 2005, a woman contacted Florida's Palm Beach Flor uh, Police Department and alleged that her 14-year-old stepdaughter had been taken to Epstein's mansion by an older girl. There, she was allegedly paid $300 to strip and massage Epstein. She had allegedly undressed but left the encounter wearing her underwear. Police began a 13-month undercover investigation of Epstein that concluded in a search of his home. The FBI also became involved in the investigation. Subsequently, the police alleged that Epstein had paid several girls to perform sexual acts with him, unquote. The investigation went on to reveal five other victims, over a dozen witnesses, and a trove of physical evidence, including photographs and a high school transcript from one of the victims in Epstein's trash. All in all, it was about as an open and shut case of child rape and sex trafficking as one could make. And had this say been a poor black man that dude would be currently buried so far under the jail his own family wouldn't even remember his name because god damn it this is america and that's how we do so surely this predator this vile disgusting man no matter how rich he is would serve hard time and pay his hideous debt to society because this is america and that is how we fucking do yeah none of that happened Quote, in July 2006, the FBI began its own investigation of Epstein, nicknamed Operation Leap Year. It resulted in a 53-page indictment in June of 2007 that was never presented to a grand jury. Alexander Acosta, then the United States Attorney for the Southern District of Florida and former, now resigned, Trump Administration Labor Secretary, agreed to a plea deal to grant immunity from all federal criminal charges to Epstein, along with four named co-conspirators and any unnamed potential co-conspirators. According to the Miami Herald, the non-prosecution agreement essentially shut down an ongoing FBI probe into whether there were more victims and other powerful people who took part in Epstein's sex crimes. At the time, this halted the investigation and sealed the indictment. The Miami Herald said Acosta agreed, despite a federal law to the contrary, that the deal would be kept from the victims. Acosta later said that he offered a lenient plea deal because he was told Epstein, quote, belonged to intelligence, unquote, and was, quote, above his pay grade, unquote, and to, quote, leave it alone, unquote. Epstein agreed to plead guilty in Florida state court to two felony prostitution charges, register as a sex offender, and pay restita restitution to three dozen victims identified by the FBI, unquote. So what did happen was that Epi pled out to two counts of procuring a prostitute under the age of 18 in state court. He was sentenced to 18 months in prison, but he did not go to prison. Oh, no, 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 pod friends. 
He went to the Palm Beach County Stockades, where he had a private wing in the jail. They didn't even bother to lock his cell. You know, those scenes in mobster movies where you see the powerful men of the mafia living high on the high life in jail? Well, Epstein's time in the pokey was even better than that because he was allowed out to go on work release for six days a week where we go to his Palm Beach office and work doing whatever the fuck he did because I remind you, no one knows what the fuck he did. Quote, the sheriff's officers received $128,000 from Epstein's nonprofit to pay for the cost of extra services being provided during his work release. His office was monitored by permit deputies whose overtime was paid by Epstein. They were required to wear suits and checked in welcomed guests at the front desk. The later, later, the sheriff's officers said these guest logs were destroyed per the department's record retention rules. Unquote. He would come and pretty much come again as he pleased while in jail. And I would like to point out that multiple reports have him, while serving his sentence and at work in his office, suspiciously young-looking women would be seen going in and out of his office while he was there at work. I have no words. Whatever this was, it wasn't fucking jail. Epstein served his sentence with time off for good behavior, I might add, and was placed on probation where he pretty much was allowed to come and go as he pleased between his private pedophile island in the U.S. Virgin Islands and New York City. I should also note that here in New York City, where Epstein was legally required to register as the highest category of sex offender, he managed to convince Cy Vance, the city district attorney, to lower his status to the lowest level because basically it's basically the level of, you know, you, you get if you act, someone accidentally sees your dick when you're taking a piss on a playground. You really did that? What? No, no, that wasn't me. That never. No one can prove that never happened, and I'm not a registered sex offender. And again, none of this would even matter. No one would remember it if not for the Miami Herald reporters Julie K. Brown spending months investigating the story and publishing her findings in November of 2018. The shocking level of sheer rich white dude privilege shocked even this jaded nation. And the Justice Department began investigating the deal and the crimes of Jeffrey Epstein anew on July 6th. Epstein flew into Teterboro Airport in New Jersey, where he was met by FBI agents and arrested on new counts of sex trafficking and stemming from the ongoing current investigation. And I'm not even going to talk about the myriad civil cases that were uh, that were filed against him or are, are, are now ongoing. Jesus, the show was like an hour long on this rate because we got so many crimes and cover-ups, his death, and all the crazy shit around that, then the conspiracy theories around his death, and then the actual thing I wanted to talk about. This thing has gone way too fucking long. So this is what we're going to do. This is going to be a two-parter, but I won't make you wait for part two. It will follow the show in the feed immediately. So thanks for listening to part one of Signed Epstein's Mom. We hope that you will come back for part two where we talk about the death of Jeffrey Epstein, the myriad conspiracy theories around his life and death, and who really killed Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, besides Jeffrey Epstein. We already know how and why he died, and that conspiracy is the biggest one of them all. So click play on part two, because if you thought part one was fucked up, you ain't heard nothing yet.